1: Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about bragging, self-promotion, That's stuff that all of you need to know you need to do, especially as we're beginning to roll into year-end processes. But I'm going to bet that you're like everybody else. You've been told you need to raise your profile, or you need to do more self-promotion to get the opportunities you want, or you just fear that your peers are doing a lot more of it than you are, and somehow they're going to get an advantage. And I'm going to bet that you probably haven't done much about it. So today we're going to talk about how. How can you actually brag in a better way, an effective way, meaning one in which people are going to like and one that feels true, authentic to you, and that works at the end of the day. So my guest today is Meredith Feynman. She's an author, a communications professional of 18 years, a writer, a speaker, and by the way, a secondhand fashion expert, and her book is called Brag Better master the art of fearless self-promotion. She also also happens to be the founder of the Second Hand Society. And you can check all of that out at her website, meredithfineman.com. Did I get that straight, Meredith? Is that your website, meredithfineman? Yes,
2: meredithfineman.com, first name, last name.com. Pretty easy to find on the internet. Very
1: out of too much information. (laughs) Indeed. Welcome to the show, though, anyway.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: It's a great pleasure. So why? Why do you care about this topic? I mean, personally, why do you care about this topic?
2: Sure. Yeah. I care that we have more thoughtful, truthful, qualified voices in the mix. Uh, My audience is called the qualified quiet, people that have done the work but don't know how to talk about it. Uh, I don't know if you experience this yourself or with your podcast or getting out of your comfort zone, but this is something that's scary and difficult. And I started to notice people I really cared about around me just didn't know how to do this stuff and didn't have the words for it. So I created the vocabulary.
1: So in your experience, is it true that people who are quieter can't do an effective job or is it just that they don't know how?
2: It's the latter. This is a skill you can learn. I've taught it to thousands and thousands and thousands of people through my book, through speaking, through training. My point is it's can be difficult emotionally, but it is as important. It's a way of self-advocacy and the way you would advocate for yourself for more money, what you're advocating. And sometimes in this case, it leads to more money. You're advocating for attention on your work, which has to be done to break through the noise at your workplace and for your career.
1: Okay. All right. I definitely want to get to why, but before I get to how, rather, I want to say, before I get there, I want to hear your pitch. So yeah, everybody's heard that they need to brag or self-promote or raise their profile. I mean, everybody's heard it and they go, oh yeah, uh, don't do anything about it. Give us your pitch on why this qualified quiet needs to speak up.
2: If I had any a quarter for every person who said to me uh, that they just wanted their work to speak for itself, I would have lots of money. Um, And the truth is, is particularly in a time where all work, most work is remote. Uh, people don't know what you've done until you tell them. It is a controversial word because our vocabulary is so slim on this topic uh, that I really had no other choice. And so, so many people say to me, maybe you feel this way if you're listening. You know, I'd rather put my head down and do your work. Talking about your work is work. It is not fluff. It is not uh, something that's only for charlatans. It is something that is a crucial part of self-advocacy. What I am afraid of is that you see that blowhard, you see that person who is very loud and you choose silence instead, instead of finding a way to navigate.
1: Right. My argument has been, let's see if you like my argument. My argument has always been, let's take a common brand known literally around the world, Coca-Cola. Surely there's nobody left that doesn't know the brand name Coca-Cola and you may love it or you may hate it, whatever, you know the brand name. But Coca-Cola spends billions or millions at least on advertising and they don't do that just because people don't know their brand. They do it to keep people aware that they're there and what they're about and you know, reminders. And I think it's the same with talking about your work. You have to keep reminding people. I can't remember what I did last week, let alone what you did last month. So you want to react to my comments there? Sure. Well, that's a great example.
2: Um and for listeners, you know, I'm sure you haven't you've at least heard of the Barbie movie. They spent 240 million dollars on filming it, but 240 million dollars on marketing it. And it is such a crucial example of how women spend money, of how women's interests make people money, and how they matter, and women's stories matter, and women directors and writers matter. Uh, so, that is, I think, a fantastic, untimely example of why this stuff matters. I mean, we care about getting women's voices, non traditional leadership into the mix. This happens to be a pop culture example, but absolutely. You don't see, and this is true when I was more in public relations and then shifted into this framework for Brag Better, but you don't see the person behind doing all this pitching. You only see the results. And what I tell people is that inbound is a myth. So the idea that someone will come to you, you know, and for press, for um, anything, I mean, the amount of doors I had to stomp down in order to get Brag Better published, you know, that is something that you have to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, tell me about it. Tell me about the self-promotion. Any of us who work for ourselves know that one. All right, I'm gonna take a last final different angle on this one. So the title of the podcast, Get Out of the Comfort Zone, something that I believe everybody has to do to grow in their career. And yes, with every one of those out of the comfort zone moves, you're gonna be a little uncomfortable, maybe feel a little bit like an imposter, be afraid you can't do it. And I'm also gonna say the more you do of it, the easier it gets and the more opportunities you get as a result. But the secret to getting out of your comfort zone, the first step is really understanding how you are now going to add value in this new position. But if I don't understand how I'm adding value, I can't brag. I don't know what to brag about. I don't know why I need to brag. And it doesn't feel like a genuine brag either for that matter. So I think in some ways, the whole podcast is about understanding how you add value. Now, I want your reaction. Do you agree? Do you disagree? What's your view? I
2: certainly agree. What I like to remind people is this is not necessarily like when you hear bragging or bragging better, like this is not you standing on a stage unless that's something you want. And I've talked to more visible clients and coaching that uh, that want that. But maybe it means raising your hand in a meeting. Maybe it means calling your best friend and saying you're really proud of something. Maybe it's simply acknowledging to yourself the work you've done. You can start anywhere and this is a lifelong practice. You know, what you, the subject matter that you cover or this idea of getting outside of your comfort zone is really scary. And it's inherently what I talk about is an act of vulnerability, putting yourself out there for judgment, for people's comments. I strongly believe that they're going to do that anyway. Um, But, you know, it's, important to just start somewhere, even if it's if it's two years. I mean, I I don't really recommend that, but that's okay. If you're start listening to this and starting out in your career, I talk to a lot of high school age folks, you know, maybe it's just writing down a couple of things that you're proud of about yourself. And that's it it doesn't matter how small it is. It matters that you care about it and you're sharing it. Like I've seen some of the most accomplished quote unquote brags and they're never the ones that I remember the ones that i
1: remember are what people are passionate about right right i remember a very senior executive in finance saying to me once look wanda i'm going to remember more about you and having you talk for 2 minutes about anything you're passionate about than i'm ever going to learn and having you talk for 2 hours about the you know your spreadsheet analysis so it's that same you got to get that sense of i am genuinely proud of this that that's where the passion and the authenticity comes from.
2: And I do a lot of exercises in my trainings around how you introduce yourself, which is, as you know, an initial pitch. I don't truly believe in the elevator pitch, but that's a different conversation for a different time. But I use the example, and I believe it's in the book, um, of I always do the UN Foundation Girl Up Summit, which is an incredible group of young women ages. There was a 13-year-old in my talk this this year, but, you know, 14 to 22, And so um, this young, we did like an introduce yourself exercise and there was an odd number of people and this young woman did it with me. And I said, you know, no conversation for me yet. Just do it. Let with a laundry list. I don't remember anything. I said, okay, pick something you're really proud of um, and do it again. And she told me about like a nonprofit that she started. And I remember that that was 10 years ago so you know it's really about storytelling
1: you know that you remember we as humans we remember stories yeah yeah okay so this is a perfect segue i want to hear some examples of things that you've seen people do and uh, that have been bragging b- b- uh, self-promotion p- and a positive really effective and this works people have appreciated it
2: um absolutely so uh, one thing i want to make very clear is that bragging better is a team sport um and I got pinged a lot last week because Adam Grant posted something about there's this new uh, study that's being reviewed about how when you talk positively about people around you, it helps them and it helps you. Um, So let's be clear that this is also great examples are when you shout out someone in a meeting, when you ask someone to shout you out. Sometimes this stuff is hard. You don't have to be doing it yourself. There have been some accomplishments where I email a group of women and say, or people and just say, hey, would you mind? posting out this or just telling people about it because maybe you feel self-conscious so that's a great example and asking people to do that is okay and say how can I promote your work free easy to do other great examples I always talk about um, gratitude being a great way to share things instead of oh I did a thing or what have you saying, I am grateful, I am honored to be here. And I, and I really do mean that. I'm very grateful that you are passionate about the work that I'm doing and wanted to have me on your podcast, which is an example of a brag. Um, what I want to flag as not a good example, which I might be you know, skipping ahead, but any verbal undercutting. So I did a thing. I hate to brag, but shameless self-promotion alert. What you're doing there, people remember the first thing you told them. So the first half of that sentence is actually canceling out the latter half of that sentence. And then I don't know what to do because I'm like, well, do you want me to post this and send it to people? Do you want me to ignore it? Because I can tell how anxious you feel like that radiates to um, someone who's reading or looking at your work. Uh, I would say those are, those are great examples as well as people who use humor. I think that those are great ways to um, it doesn't have to be so serious. You know, I think sometimes like I take myself too seriously. We all take ourselves really seriously. Um, And I think that that's a really important thing to remember.
1: Okay. All right. On the gratitude, I have seen, I think I've said this recently too on this podcast, but I have seen people who are really good at grabbing that opportunity to thank a broader team for participation in a project. And in doing that, they get to say, we had great success. I want to thank the following people, blah, 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 blah. I'm really proud of, you know, something. So it's a natural flow, but you start it with promoting or thanking other people. And it gives attention that you were part of it or that you led it.
2: And you can do that the first. Yeah, I think you can do the first half or the second half. Um, What I mean to say is somewhere along the line, you're all told that you should never use the word I, which I do not believe. I think I said this to you when we first started talking. Grammatically, it's an absolute nightmare to use I and we in the same sentence. But in this case, you can do it. You can say, the team killed it. We are so lucky to have this account. I saw Wanda do this excellent thing. I saw Tim do this other excellent thing. And I am so proud of pulling together X, Y, and Z to be a part of a team. So you talk about the specifics that you highlighted, or you can do it. Let's talk about it conversely. I'm really proud of how this project went and what I contributed to it in the form of X, Y, and Z. And I also want to highlight everyone else who made this such a success. We really couldn't have done it unless we were all together, including Tim's work on this and Wanda's work on this. So that's how I would do it.
1: Okay. I, I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with the word I, and when you're thinking about promoting yourself and talking about your accomplishments, there is an I, but there's also a space for a we. It's getting the balance between those two right for the occasion. I think that's the really hard one that everybody struggles with, but I have seen people dinged in performance reviews because they don't use I enough, and I've seen people dinged because they use I too much, so the balance is an issue there.
2: that balance is really difficult
1: yeah
2: and that i think is like the hardest part of a lot of this and a lot of it is subjective and a lot of it is what we call soft skills um things that don't rely on numbers and research uh and it's it's sort of a line you figure out it's never you didn't hurt anyone you didn't seriously harm anything so even if you mess it up there's you can always fix it right
1: All right, I have to give you my second favorite example, which is a woman looking for a big promotion, trying to raise visibility, boss been telling her and telling her and telling her and telling her and not going very effectively. And finally, she figured out that if she sent the boss an email with a lovely, a quick, short, tight description of what happened and what the outcome was, written for public consumption, that he could just take that email and forward on. But when she she had to start writing the email so that he could do that, not the way she would just talk to him casually. The moment she did that, he is promoting her. I call that an awkwardly formal email. Basically, one of the core tenets of
2: my book is like, you want to make it, people are quite lazy and very busy. So you want to make it as easy as possible. If I say, you know, you sent me a document with a million, like the links are already there. I can be very lazy and copy and paste them. And you know that that is an essential part of promoting your podcast. So like that is a great example of that. But what I call an awkwardly formal email is when I'm talking to someone and I want them to forward my information or loop me in with someone. and We're talking, but I'll do a clean email, which means it's a fresh email for them to forward, not in a chain and say like, hi, Wanda, it was so great to be on your podcast. I'd be so honored if you pass my information along to like so-and-so. You'd have a much more casual relationship than that. But uh, that is a really important thing to do and write it for someone. When people ask me for stuff like that, I say just like, you know, can you just send it to me in this way? And I'd be happy to forward
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen so many wonderful examples. I just, just this week, I saw a young woman who's trying desperately to get a job at an organization. And so she has made a connection of somebody who's got a position of power in that organization. And she wrote to them and said, look, I know you're part of this organization. Someone has introduced us. I'd be grateful if you could just get my resume looked at. That's it. Very, very simple little tiny ask, but that's appropriate in the context. And attach your resume and off we go. Very simple, simple, simple things.
2: Right. The hard part is that this when I coach people, half the time it's like writing an email that doesn't feel gross or that doesn't feel bad. And it's like you know, and it it it's hard to remove the justs and the exclamation points and all of those things that maybe undercut your work. But it can be as simple as, "Hey, I'm looking for a job. I'm really interested in this company. My resume is attached. Would you be open to passing it along?" I, the phrase which I think I learned in therapy a long time ago was, "Would you be open to?" works every time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great. Would you be open to? I love it. And for the record, she didn't say just I threw that in as well. All right. So let's shift to talk about the skills. So now your argument is absolutely anybody, especially the qualified quiet of the world. I love that expression. Um, can learn to brag effectively. And I want to be clear. Not ever bragging is appreciated by your senior leaders. And if they don't like what you're doing or think it's effective, then that's not going to help you very much either. And we want people to remember what you say, and we want you to feel good about doing it. So there's a lot packed into the word effective. So what are the skills? Kind of walk us through how we begin to think about this. Yeah. So let's, all of us, not all
2: of us, a lot of us have a gratitude practice. We have a different kind of practice, the key word here is practice. This is a skill that takes time and practice. I sound like this because I've pitched my ideas and my work and brag better for like 12 years. So I think that that is something that's really important. Like this just didn't come out of nowhere. And I'm sure for you, pitching your podcast and pitching your work is something that you've refined. So I think that that's really important to keep in mind. Let's start a brag practice. So maybe in your Google calendar, if you have a physical calendar, put down 15 minutes, maybe on a Friday, Friday morning, to just write down two to three things you're proud of from that week. Kimberly Drew, who's in the book, the book has dozens of interviews from different points of view, but she talks about soft goals, which are smaller things that she achieved. You know, we all like to make to-do lists and have smaller things so we can feel like we crossed it off. And that's okay it can be small things it can be big things it can also be some personal stuff and not professional stuff um and so i think that that's a really important practice to start i would also like for you to open a spreadsheet uh and at the bottom put different months of the year and plop in those accomplishments um and maybe a few more uh so that when it comes to your annual review Humans have recency bias, which means that we remember things that just happened. And you want to make sure if you killed something in January and your review is in December, that you actually highlight that. Um, It's really important. And those things are evergreen. We also think that I coach so many clients who say, well, I got this award five years ago. It's not relevant anymore. And that's not true. You know, all of your awards, some of all your work is um, really important. So I would say that. Then, one thing I tell everyone to do is let's figure out how clear it is for people to understand what you do. So, you should ask a number of people who see you from different vantage points. So, a family member, a close friend, an acquaintance, maybe, you know, someone who you know only online. And then pick one more and ask them all, without Googling, can you tell me in one sentence or two sentences? what you think I do. And if all of those are profoundly different, it's time to maybe think about consistently showcasing your work and making it so that everyone says the same thing.
1: That would be an interesting challenge for many people, especially in high professional jobs where often family and friends have no clue what you do except what company you work at. But certainly asking an acquaintance or a peer or a junior that you don't see day in and day out and maybe a friend that you talk more extensively, but I can see that that would give you all sorts of ideas about what people have heard from you or remember from you.
2: Yeah. And I think that you can do that periodically. Um, Especially if you, the, the biggest issue and the biggest barrier I see to visibility, whether that's like within a company, outside of a company is that you do lots of different things. And so some people, people know you in different contexts. And so what does that look like?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Different contexts. I certainly see that with any number of people in that they'll have skills that they use, let's say in their community in terms of leadership skills and organizing skills, but no one in their organization has any clue that they have those skills and those capabilities. And sometimes merging those two parts of your life is actually a really good thing if you can find a way that you're comfortable talking about it.
2: And there's so much crossover. Like when I started Secondhand Society, which I do closet cleanouts and education on sustainable fashion, particularly with clothing that already exists in vintage and resale and consignment, showing people to make money on it. I I was like, well, how do I tie these things together? They're so different. Now the through line is self-expression and self-advocacy, just in a slightly different way. Um, And you could merge that anywhere Well, you could say that your uh, leadership in your community is essential for how you do your job. You see, you know, how people interact in the world and you bring that to I'm just spitballing. You bring that to your job or, you know, volunteer opportunities. I think that like really shapes you as a person previously, you know, 15, 20 years ago, or just before this time we live in, those things were not really acknowledged at work. But those are essential skills. If you say I handed out 1500 sandwiches today, and I did that because I run a tight ship. And because I had an assembly line, I was very efficient, obviously, that that applies at work. And I want that, you know, I am not a parent. But I certainly think that the conversations that exist around skills of parenting and skills that exist and work-life balance and being able to juggle, juggle a million things uh, are things that we should be talking about.
1: I think they're useful. I think there's an awful lot of skills that people have in places that don't get recognized in their organizations. Um, what do you think about the idea of someone? So I like your notion that we're going to start a brag practice and so that I'm going to start, in effect, a spreadsheet. I'm going to do this every week on my calendar two to three things I'm proud of that week and pick the small wins, not the big, massive things. Don't wait until it's a huge win. Pick the little tiny ones. Put those all in a spreadsheet. So when come to year end, you've got a proper review of the things that you're genuinely proud of. I get that one. And I get the importance of getting other people to help you refine what it is you are known for. Okay, now what about the idea? I come into a meeting in those five minutes before the meeting actually starts, virtual or in-person, and I say, I'm really proud of this success today. I finally got through to that client. They finally answered my phone call, small. What do you think about saying those kind of things?
2: Yeah, I think that that's great. I also think that you have to be very aware of who's in a meeting and yep. who's there virtually. You might want to save that or you might want to say to those people like, hey, do you have two minutes after this meeting to just talk through a win and I want to share with you? Might even want to be more overt than that. I would think in the first couple meetings, minutes of a Zoom meeting, people are like getting their water, like getting their setup, making sure they have the door closed, uh, you know, all of those sorts of things. So I would actually make it more direct than that. And say, like, hey, I, you know, are you I'm really would like to share a win. Like, are you open to hanging on for just 30 seconds after? I think that's an important thing to do. One thing we haven't talked about here is if yeah. you are a leader, how important it is to to promote the people under you. And if you are leading a Zoom meeting, don't forget that if there are a lot of people in the meeting and you can't see every box, like you need to make sure you're calling on different people. You need to make sure that you're calling out the wins of your team because you need to showcase that too.
1: Yeah. And call out those wins not only to your team, but to your peers and to your superiors as well. Absolutely, totally one of the things I think leaders need to do. And be careful that it's broadly distributed among the team, not just the ones you're the closest to. All right. If somebody wants to get started today, where do do you, so you start with this two to three things. Are there other tips you have that you think are really great ways to begin this brag practice?
2: I think you can tell other people i don't know how much or you you know how people feel about account- accountability partners i wouldn't say an accountability partner just like a buddy and bragging mm-hmm. um and you know just brag to each other again like this is maybe brag to your dog like you know i think that it's about being a little bit gentler than some of the things i'm talking about i wrote a business book on this and that is a certain type of prose that is a certain type of tone um, that can be set. But I also want it to be the sort of thing where you incorporate it into your life, and it just doesn't feel like a nightmare all the time, which it, which it won't. You know, I, as I said, I use a controversial word. But one thing I'll leave you with is that I define bragging or bragging better as stating facts about your work strategically and cohesively to advance your career. So that is really a really important thing to keep in mind is you're simply stating facts. You did a great job on this thing. You did a great job on this thing. You did it. You're not lying. Um, you're not embellishing. Um, and that is really, really important. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. What are the mistakes you watch people make?
2: I talked about verbal undercutting. Yep. Um, you made an example where it wasn't as direct as it should have been. Um, uh, this is not about putting other people down or stepping on people in order to get this, you know, acknowledgement. I think that'll really bite you in the ass, but also it's just bad karma. Um, and that's a really important thing to do. I see people not doing this back for others and only doing it for themselves. Um, so I would say that's that's where cut out just cut out exclamation points. um you know, I would say those are some of the things that are really important to keep in mind. but the number one one of the number one questions I get is like, how do you do this, you know, how do you not do this wrong? I mean, you have to mess up in order to figure it out. Uh, I have, done this too hard on my friend's behalf in a situation where I didn't know the background and she actually had an experience with the person that I was um, saying some things to about how great she was in a particular way. And, you know, I think it's really important to be cognizant of where everyone is on this journey. Like I am standing on stages talking about this sort of thing, but you don't have to be there. You might never get there. Literally, this is my subject matter expertise. Um, But I think that, It's really about just trying. I mean, I guess if you hate it, you don't have to do it anymore. I have never said that in the 12 (laughs) years that I've done this. But, you know, um, you need to advocate for yourself because if you don't, it's going to be very hard for anyone else to do that. Right,
1: right. My view is if you focus on the things that you're genuinely proud of and you focus on, and you've just said the same thing, and you focus on your contribution to that thing that you're proud of, you also acknowledge how others have contributed. It's kind of hard to go wrong with that because I've got the I, I've got the team, the we, and I've also got the genuine passion of, I'm proud of this.
2: Um, And if you're a real stickler, if you look at Adam Grant's I think it's Instagram for last week, um, he talks about um, bragging better, uh, which I was like, um, but there's a, a a paper that's being reviewed right, right now by three different people, one GW Business School, one Wharton, I forget exactly, but it's basically the entire study is about how you look better by promoting other people. And at the very like least makes you look good, <laughs> even if you don't have good intentions, it's like, well, I'm gonna do this so that I look good, like, fine.
1: Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So takeaways here, what consistent practice, do it every week, write down what it are, the two or three little things that I'm proud of this week, focus on what I'm proud of, focus on what I can do in promoting others, what I can say about them, how I can help them. Don't be afraid to ask for people to reciprocate to help you. And I think if you've given, you're much more likely to get back on that sort of practice. Humor goes a long way. And um, yeah, as a leader, if you're a leader, call out the wins of your teams. I think those are all fabulous tips. Okay, we're into, it's a perfect place for a break, Meredith. Um, when we come back, I wanna talk about cultural differences because we're doing this from a very Western-centric kind of approach. And I wanna come back and look at nuances in Western cultures, as well as some other cultural differences. My guest today is Meredith Feynman. The book we're talking about is Brag Better master the art of fearless self-promotion and you can find meredith at her website meredithfineman.com and we'll be right back this is wanda wallace host of out of the comfort zone do you find yourself in a role where your team knows more than you know are you struggling to see how you now add value For years, I've coached leaders who have moved beyond the comfort zone of their expertise and have developed a methodology to help them make the leap and go on to do more. All of those tips are now packed into my new book, You Can't Know It All. Visit our website at leadership-forum.com or tune in to Out of the Comfort Zone for more insight.
0: If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website, at www.leadership-forum.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, helping organizations get it and keep it.
1: Hi, I'm Wanda Wallace, host of Out of the Comfort Zone. We have some amazing guests with some incredibly good ideas about how to take your leadership to the next level. But I find people are looking for more practical ways of implementing those ideas. So we've created an individual subscription service specifically to focus on how to apply. You will find more about that at www.outofthecomfortzone.com. We have two additional subscription services, one for the social group that want to exchange ideas and perspectives with a group and talk about career advancement. We have a master's level for people who want to take a deeper dive. All on outofthecomfortzone.com. We hope you'll join us.
0: Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at one 472 5790 Again, that's one 472 5790 You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadership-forum.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone.
1: Welcome back to the show. With me today is Meredith Feynman. We have been talking about how to brag, how to brag in an effective way, how to brag in a better way, and more importantly, how to start a bragging practice. So some great examples from Meredith about what that might look like. The best idea, I think, is this starting with notion of just writing down every week on a Friday what's the one, two, three things that you are proud of from that week, and then keeping that as a running log. Now um, I we talked at the beginning, Meredith has this lovely phrase of the qualified quiet in the world, the people who do the work quietly in the background and just don't talk about it. I want to talk about cultural differences, though, next. So if we think about... Um, Well, in my opinion, the U.S. sort of sets a fairly high bar for the amount of bragging or self-promotion that people are needing to do to be recognized. And I also say some regions are actually quite high relative to the others. And I hold out my lovely home city of New York City as a place where the bragging is at a high level. But if you were to move to the South, for example, where I was originally born, you would find the bragging sort of drops very low. But as you move out of the U.S., even to the U.K., you're going to find that the amount of bragging changes. And in particular, as I think about cultures like Asian cultures, even if you're raised in the U.S., even if you're raised in New York City, born here, raised here, uh, kids are often taught to be fairly self-effacing. Meredith, I'm interested in what you see, and I'm interested in your advice for people.
2: Absolutely. So if you're listening to this and you were told to be seen and not heard, you were told this just wasn't part of your culture... Um, I need you to know that everyone's cultural cultural background, excuse me, uh, has to do with how you assert yourself and how you talk. So uh, one of the things I'm most proud of from my book is that I have five Asian language editions. So I thought that what I did was so deeply American that there would be no interest in cultures like Asia, whose tent poles often center around humility. And so that's really exciting. To me. It's also really a joy to see other cultures interpret my work. But Um, this is something that I hear a lot from first gen, um, parents are immigrants. Uh, it's something also regionally, even in the United States, Southern ideals of humility. Uh, I got lambasted by the UK press because it's something that's so foreign to them, which I was honestly really honored about because the British press really is something else. Um, and it's nastiness is pettiness. It's not like really deeply nasty. Um, Canadians sure are terrible at this. Uh, so just know then also there are backgrounds where, um, potentially if it was never about separating yourself from a group, I talk to military folks a lot, veterans who, if you separated yourself from the group, it could kill you. And so those are all really legitimate. They're super legitimate. I've worked with people from every different kind of background And it's okay if it's foreign, literally or figuratively. I do lots of international speeches. And people are very self-conscious as well, um, working in a second language. Um, And that is something that I definitely honor. Um, And also, this is a great time to lean on other people in your network that don't have as much trouble doing this and asking for their help. Um, As I said, this is a team sport. And you should certainly ask for help in these things. And your parents might not understand, your larger community might not understand. I've seen that as well. And you need to find people who do support you in these things.
1: Okay. All right. Let's talk about advice then. So, how do I? Let's start first with people within their own culture, where even if I'm working in an Asian headquartered company, and I'm of Asian heritage, and my culture is to be a little bit self-effacing or humble is probably a better word, there's still a need to do some degree of self-promotion. True?
2: Yes. And if you think about it this way, one of the slides in my corporate presentations are about how talking about your work is really good for business. At the end of the day, you need to communicate what you're doing in order for you to do your job well. Like, if it's just how you think about that, like, you have to tell people what you're doing so that you can be a part of a project, so you can finish something on time, you can land a big account, like, you actually have to communicate, this is part of being an effective communicator. If you think about it that way, it's like, okay, I'm just helping people do, my jo- do their jobs better if I help my boss. Like, your boss doesn't know what you're up to. And even if you don't consider it, like, bragging, they need to know so that they can tell their boss and their boss and their boss to maybe, like, consider an org chart. Consider if they need to hire more people. Consider if you need to manage more people. It's about also getting business done. So this is a crucial part, especially if you're virtual. What I tell people is you can't stop by someone's cubicle or office and say, hey, what are you up to? Or you can't see their computer screen and say, that looks really interesting. Everything is intentional. Nothing is happenstance, which I think is very damaging for career and business. Again, that's another conversation. We have no casual spaces, which is something that really bothers me, like no literal water coolers where you might say, I'm working on this project, like, oh, I'll help you. Like, I would love to do X and Y and Z. Um, But those skills have to be communicated so that you can utilize them at work and do your job and not also potentially sacrifice your, your employability.
1: Okay, so any advice for how to brag effectively within a culture that practices much more humility?
2: Yeah, I would also evaluate how much work you do with other countries. Like, if it's the sort of thing where... You need to evaluate these things so i had a coaching client a bunch of years ago who her boss was someone who's very 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 well and very 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 much did not like people talking about themselves that came from that person's insecurity around how big his family name was that actually preceded him he didn't have to do any of this you have to think about circumstances if you have a boss who's not comfortable with this stuff it's obviously not going to help you to brag to them necessarily you have to like temper those things when it comes to cultures that are more about humility you know, if it if within your office place, there is this idea that everything is based on merit um and which it should be anyway. But what I mean is that you have you have to submit a detailed report on what you're doing. Um, I think those and, and maybe it's just a lot more subtle. Maybe it's the sort of thing where you submit a report more often or you. You know do something internally more often which might mean honestly you start something that also highlights the people like what if you did a weekly roundup that said like here's what everyone's up to that's really great um and i think that increasingly work is so international that considering if you are um you know in a country where this is difficult considering like whether you might have to for sake of your work
1: right right I remember advising clients once where the team needed a lot more recognition and more than the client felt they had time to give the recognition and started sort of a Friday, had them start a Friday afternoon. What am I thankful for you for what you've done or, you know, what was really helpful about what you did? It's a very humble way of calling out people's accomplishments that's in a group oriented way that will probably fit some cultures better than others all right there are loads of people who come from outside of a u.s culture trying to work within a u.s headquartered culture and trying to get their own visibility raised and their own promotion and they struggle what's your advice for them about how to do this self-promotion when it is not natural in their world
2: a lot of this isn't necessarily going to feel natural. um it wasn't natural for me um when I was, you know, well, that's not true. Well, it was a very, very long time ago because of what I saw uh, growing up in DC. So it it wasn't natural, I think, but then it was something that I learned quite young. So um, let's start there. I also think that what I tell people is it can feel a little devious, but if there's someone who's really good at this stuff, instead of saying, ugh, they're so annoying, I think you could say, Hey, Jim, like I noticed that you're really good at getting the attention of folks in the office place around your work. This is something I'm working on. This is something, a skill I'd really like to acquire. Um, would you be open to giving me some advice? Cause the truth is, is like that person has figured out how to get attention. And so that's a little bit of a shortcut. I also think that you can just buddy up. I use the example of a young person who." was asked to speak up more. And it's not fair. Like Susan Cain, who wrote Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking, I interviewed for the book. And introversion, you can still be an introvert who brags really well, but it is unfair than a lot of, let's say, classroom settings participation points like for people who just don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, But it's the same thing at work. It's, It's not necessarily fair. I'm not saying that any of this is fair, by the way. Um, so buddying up and saying like, Hey, I always tell people to blame it on me. Like I heard this podcast or I read this book and this is something that I'm working on. Like, are you open to supporting me in that? If you have a friend at work.
1: Okay. All right. So find a buddy, find people who are doing it, ask for their advice. I also think mentors are great at giving you examples of how they've done it early in their careers, not how they do it today, but how they did it earlier in their careers.
2: And I think you can also look at people in pop culture or in, you know, what voices do you love? Like what voices do you admire and why? Some of the voices I admire most are comedians. You know, it's it's like how, what do I like about that person's voice? What do I like about that person's tone um, are all things that you can, not necessarily copying, but emulating or just thinking about why you like them. Like I use certain vocal Things from people I like. You know, it's there is nothing new under the sun. So don't try to reinvent the wheel.
1: Great. All right. So I just want to end this part of this segment just to say one for people come from a different culture with more humility um, as what they're raised with that you're it's understood and you're not alone. And that's good. Nothing wrong with that culture at all. Second, communicating what you do and how you contribute and how you add value, we both believe is an essential part of building a career and getting recognized for the work that you're actually contributing. And then it's a matter of finding ways that are comfortable to you. Um, And we've talked about a couple of those so far. At last couple of minutes, um, you have an intriguing part in the book that says, how do you introduce yourself? So how do you advise people to introduce themselves?
2: Absolutely. Lead with a thing first that you want people to remember. So if I'm speaking, and it varies based on who you're talking to, consider your audience. Uh, so if I'm talking to someone in publishing, I talk about brag better. I talk about how I got to publish. I talk to talk about how I manage the promotion in the pandemic. I talk about my really solid book sale. Um, and I talk about the, you know, the different translations and how far it's gone. Um, if I am in front of someone I'm pitching for as, as a client, I talk about my past coaching. I talk about Um, my speaking and talk about the book as an auxiliary measure. If I'm talking to someone who might want to hire me to speak, I talk about my speeches and the impact that they have. So think about who you're talking to and what they might want to hear. If I'm talking to a member of the press, I would say, you know, how wonderful the articles that have mentioned my book are or podcasts that I've been so grateful to be on. Um, That's going to catch someone's attention. I also think you should go, you don't always have to go into it knowing what you want or knowing what you know, someone else wants. I think that that's honestly, sometimes you can ask, you can say like, you know, what are you working on and what would you like me to start with? Like, I often say, what do you want me to, where do you want me to start? And people will give you cues um, I don't believe you have only one. I mean, yes, there's the first impression thing, but even if you make a terrible first impression, I've said to people like, Hey, that was a crap first impression. Like, mind if I like try again and people really honor that, that, you know, honesty. So, um, that's what I would say. Lead with things you really care about and are proud of, um, and feel really good about versus I got X, Y, Z award. People might not know what that is or not know what a big deal that is. I've had, clients say their awards. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. Can you explain it to me? Um, And then they have to say, well, this is, you know, I placed first among among 3,000 people for my small business. That's a lot more powerful than saying some random award. Um, And I would, you know, keep it kind of short, keep it kind, you can always say to people, you know, I'd love to send you more information on my work. Um, Is there a good way to contact you? Some people like when you're meeting people, I'm forgetting someone's name, I'm focused on like, maybe what you're wearing, or like, you know, something else in the room, or whether there's snacks, like, you know, I think that like, that's really important to keep in mind, um, is a good follow up is actually, in my opinion, more important than introduction.
1: Okay, fabulous. All right, so much to say. I'd also say for people interested in the book, there's a lovely section in there about asking for a raise. Sadly, we don't have time today to cover it, but the book is there. My guest today is Meredith Feynman. The book we've been talking about is Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. You can learn more about Meredith at her website, MeredithFeynman.com. Is there any other way people should reach out to get you, Meredith?
2: I'm on Instagram posting jokes and outfits at Meredith Feynman. Uh, I have a newsletter called This Is Fine, Um, that you can sign up on at Marathon.com. You can hire me for coaching. You can hire me for e-learning, for your company, uh, speaking, uh, you know, some fashion stuff. So I'll say that. And I'm happy to come back on to talk about the money piece. uh, Or you can always ask me any questions over DM or email.
1: Fabulous. I really appreciate you being a guest today. It's such an important skill and one that we have to get better at. Even if you are comfortable, I think there's ways to refine doing a better and better job. And if you're great at it, reach out to some colleagues who are well-deserving and help them along the way. Um, So thanks for joining us today. And if you've liked the podcast, please like us on your favorite podcast server and definitely join us next week for another episode on how
0: you can get out of
1: your comfort zone.
0: Thank you for joining us today.